want to know what the movers and shakers of New Hampshire's performing arts are thinking? Welcome to New Hampshire Unscripted with your host, Ray Dudley. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, it's nice to meet you both. Yeah, nice to meet you too. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you doing this. Well, well that's fine. <laughs> We're always happy to talk about Garrison players. Good, good. We'll have a good chat. Our, get all our facts in line here so we can be accurate about as much as we can figure out. But. Wonderful, wonderful. So let's start with some history, maybe. Okay. That, that sound good? You can... Tell us the history of, of the Garrison players and the building and all that. Look, I was on the website. It, it's pretty pretty interesting stuff. So mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. away. Well, Garrison players has been around since 1953. 53, and uh, it was started by uh, some people here in, in Dover, just as they would, um, I forget what the first show was, but it was uh, Tommy Makem used to be in some of our early shows. Mm-hmm. He lived here in Dover. And uh, he did uh, Finian's Rainbow and things like that. That I, I don't know if it helped his career any or not, <laughs> but, but we always like to say that he, he was part of our little group and very supported us for many, many years. There were some. There was one gal, well, Hugh Tuttle, Evelyn Sheeney, Hilda McHugh. Hilda McHugh, who was an actress uh, uh, in New York and settled in here in Dover. And I think she was sort of the one who uh, was the spirit behind, hey, let's do a show. And uh, they would sit around in somebody's living room and they'd say, now we're going to do this show. What part do you want? And what part do you want? And <laughs> that went on for quite a few years and it was very successful. We used to do most shows at the uh, City Hall. And then Bob Ellis and um, Carolyn Ellis went to see a show and decided they'd like to be involved. And they had a whole different perspective of theater. Uh, they wanted to do musicals. Carolyn was a music teacher at uh, the high school and the junior high school. So they decided to do um, Fiddler on the Roof. And in- instead of assigning parts, they held tryouts and had an incredible group of people that came and, and were involved in that show. Barbara and I went to see that show. We had a, uh, one of our next door neighbors had uh, was selling tickets and we said, oh, well, okay, we'll go. And uh, I'm sure it'll be really uh, <laughs> an amateur kind of a thing. Yeah. But it was, it was magnificent. It was an incredible show. And they filled up the auditorium at Dover High, which seated about 700 people, and just filled it up. We'd, Barbara decided the next year she, she'd like to go and try out for the chorus. And um, she wanted to know if I would come with her because she didn't know anybody in the group. And I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to try out or anything. I, you know, I'm a young lawyer just starting out and I'm, I'll be much too busy. I have much more important things to do in life. And I went, <laughs> I, I went down there and the, and the place was packed with people trying out for Camelot. And the director, Bob Ellis, was somebody I had sung in the men's glee club at UNH with. And uh, he, was, he came over to me and said, oh, Tom, you're going to try out for the show? Oh, no, no, Bob, I'm much, I, I'm going to be a very famous lawyer, so blah, 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 blah. And I used to do set work over at uh, UNH. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, 
at a degree or is working towards a degree in technical theater. So he asked me once one weekend if I could come over and help him paint this set. I said, yeah, I could do that. So I went over there and got hooked. Of course. Yeah, I just got totally hooked. And I, I was involved in every single uh, show f- for four years at UNH backstage and just loved it. So yeah. Bob knew that. And he said, well, could you help out with the set for Cam- Camelot's not an easy show to do set wise. And uh, uh, I said, yeah, I can give you a weekend. And I went to where we were building the set was with Beverly Matchett's house. We were pre-building the set and nobody else showed up except Bob. And he wasn't inclined technically at all. And uh, I said, where's everybody else? And he said, well, they'll be along. So I spent that whole weekend by myself building stuff. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, but we finally, people started to come around as we got closer to the show and we moved it into uh, uh, the high school and it was a huge success, absolutely huge success. And we did a number of those shows and we were sponsored by the Dover Rotary Club and they would sell all the tickets and the ad book and they would keep all the money, but pay all the expenses. And then they would pay us a few hundred bucks. And uh, our problem became over the years and, and that went on for a while. Then we decided, well, if they can make all that money, surely we can by ourselves. So that's what we decided to do. And lo and behold, it didn't work out that way because we didn't have people out there all the time selling tickets and whatever. So we became a, a, just a regular community theater. So what year, I don't mean to, to interrupt you, yeah. excuse me. Um, what year was, were, were you in the, was Camelot and uh, Fiddler? Would have, would have been the uh, 72. 72. Okay. And we, we joined in spite of the fact he said, I wanted to try out. In those days, you didn't have videos. You didn't have much TV. You didn't have computers. And we joined because we had moved. Tom grew up in Dover. We'd moved back here from Massachusetts where he'd gone to school. And we didn't know anybody. So Garrison Players became our social life. We met some dear friends that are still very close to us. So, And all those years later, and it was just a place where we could go and have fun and perform or whatever. So it was really our, our social life, unlike today, where you don't have a social life because everything's on, online. And it was... Other people make it for you. Yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we, we floated around for several years as just as the doing shows wherever we could in the high school and... Um, City Hall. City Hall. Dinner theaters and restaurants. Yeah. Really? as much as we could because we didn't have a home. And then the Hiram R. Roberts Grange Hall became available because it had gone defunct. And how that, how, why that happened was we, when we did um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma uh, which was also a very big show, we wanted to have a cast party, but we needed a, a big hall. There were so many people. And DeWitt Hardy, who was a pretty famous artist from the Rollinsford area, he had been a member of the Grange, the, the Hiram Roberts Grange. And uh, I don't think he was a member. Huh? Yeah, he was. Oh. And he uh, he suggested, well, why don't I see if we can use the Grange Hall in Rollinswood? And uh, so they let us do that. We rented the Grange Hall for the cast party. And on the second floor down, down uh, away from the road, there was this little stage. This is a little perfect stage that had been built by the by uh, the, the folks in the Grange. 
And I can remember sitting on the stage, on the edge of the stage, with some of our friends who who we are still our friends, saying, wouldn't this be perfect for us? We wouldn't have to go find a place to rehearse. And we could have a place we could call a home and put a sign out front and say, come see us. And it turned out the Grange went went belly up because they didn't have any more people joining. And uh, so I called I called uh, Frank Hayes, who was the National Grange person, and asked him what what was going on. And he said, well, they went defunct. And under the bylaws, if that happens to any Grange, the property reverts to the state Grange. So they said, we own it now, but we're trying to sell it. And there's some title problems we're working on, but we're trying to sell it. And I said, well, what, what are you asking for it? I said, was, well, he said $35,000. And I said, well, we don't have any money, <laughs> but here's what we want to do. We'd like to turn it into a performing arts center and have it the home, uh, home of the garrison players, but then have other art groups come in and uh, music groups or whatever so, and make it a permanent place for the arts that would bring people into the area. And he loved the idea. And he said, if you can cover the costs of our attorneys to quiet this title, because it was all, everybody gave a little piece of land here and a little piece of land there. And uh, so I said, well, how much would that run? And he said, $9,200. So we had a meeting here at the house and called all the garrison players together and said, we can have a home if we're willing to raise 9200 bucks and put a lot of sweat equity into it into the building. And people were saying, oh, we can't possibly do that. There's no way we can raise that kind of money. And then um, who was it um, got up and made that speech? Joe Parks, who was very well-known figure here in Dover and very, very big follower of our organization. He got up and said that once in a lifetime, an opportunity comes along that if you don't take it, don't grab it, it'll never happen again. You have to buy this place. And we basically passed the hat. And in a number of weeks, we had raised enough money to buy the building. All 9,200 in a couple of weeks? Well, I don't know. I can't remember (laughs) if it was two weeks. It was a very short period of time. Yeah. Because we we were so excited. Everybody was excited. And so we we owned it. Then we went over and took a careful look at it and realized, yeah, the whole back end was falling down. There was no water. There's never been a well. There's no public, uh, there's no sewerage. They had outhouses inside the building. I mean, it was just one thing after another. Is it still an outhouse if it's inside? It was. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we felt strongly that we could make it happen. So we did. And we, uh, we, we did all the sweat equity, tearing everything down and uh, the walls and, I mean, just everything. We took all that. We, but we, um, we had to put a foundation underneath it because there was no foundation. It was just sitting on loose bricks. Jeez. And the back end was falling, falling in. So we uh, we we took got the bank to give us a forty thousand dollar mortgage, and uh, and I knew the the one of the people at the bank very well, and he said, "Okay, we'll do that, but you have to personally sign for it." Oh man! I said, "Okay, I'll do that. I will do that." And Barbara said, "You did what?" <laughs> I said, either we believe in it or we don't. Yeah. And if we believe in it, then we'll, we'll make it happen. And that's what we did. And we put the foundation underneath it. And shortly after we had done that, the town informed us that 
we couldn't we could use it for storage and stuff, but we couldn't use it for performances because the minimum lot uh, the minimum lot size in in uh, Rawlinsford is two acres, and we only had a third of an acre, which meant we had to add land to it before we could start to to really do anything with it. And the guy next door who had inherited the property from his aunt wasn't interested. He had an 80 acre or 70, 84 acres acres of land around us. And he wanted to put up condos all over the place. And I said, I said to him, this is Rollinsford. (laughs) That ain't going to happen. But he was determined to do it. And then when he, when he couldn't, when they wouldn't let him do it, he agreed to sell us, sell us, well, 2.06 acres. So we had more than enough to do it. So we bought them from him. And and then we started serious work on the building. We were able to get an L-chip grant. Well, before we got the L-chip, we were lucky to get a grant from the J. Henry Hanheselow Charitable Trust. We got a Joni DeVries who did um, research on the architect of the building, who was Alva Ramsdale, who did a lot of the um, buildings in Dover and Rollinsford, the Rollinsford Town Hall, the Dover Junior High School, I think the library. The library. So several, he was a well-known architect. He designed the Grange Hall, and Joni did a lot of research, and she got a small grant from the new um, National Trust for Historic Preservation. And we got a grant from the Mackinac Foundation, toward a fire suppression system, which is still in work. Hmm. And so we had some little grants going along, but we weren't, and with all the sweat equity, we were able to completely demolish all the lab and plaster. We kept all the original trim because we wanted to restore that back the way it was, but we couldn't go beyond that. We didn't have the funds for the electric, the plumbing, the heating, the well, the septic. And we were fortunate that one of our members, who was our president at one time, uh, Ken Chadwick, his wife at the time was the executive director of LCHIP. And we applied for a grant and we were lucky and we got a grant for 180000 And that enabled us to do the big expensive stuff. We also got a grant from the Rotary, the Dover Rotary, for 20000 to put in a septic system. Um, and because... Because we had a kitchen in the building, we have a little galley kitchen, uh, they insisted that we have a commercial septic system. So we have this gigantic, it's huge, huge, <laughs> unbelievable septic system that we hope never dies. And, uh, and so we were able to get things finished. Um, we, we have a, a parking lot that's part of the acreage that we bought from our neighbor enabled us to have a, a gravel parking lot next to the building so we could have people come and park. And so uh, we've also put four roofs on because we're in a very high, high wind location. And the first guy that we hired when he put the roof, one of the roofs on, he didn't nail it down properly. And it it We find shingles all over the place. I mean, not. Oh, my God. So we've done four roofs at this point. Uh, Not not in its entirety, but, you know, we had to repair and do whatever. So we've done a lot of that. And the biggest thing right now is we have we have a sprinkler system in the building and it's connected to an outside pump thing or a, a, a hookup valve. 
And the Rollinsford fire truck used to come and sit outside for during our performances in case we caught fire and he could attach the water <laughs> truck. But they don't do that anymore. We're, we need to raise money to put in a fire suppression system, which is now going to run us, I think, close to $80,000. And that's our biggest. Ooh. Yeah. And all that involves is a hole in the ground for water, tanks for water, connecting to a pump in the house or the building connecting to a big uh, dedicated line from the electric pole to the building. And it's very expensive. Nobody seems to know how to do it or put it all together. And it's a lot of money that we don't have. So that's our next, our next project. But, but in the meantime, we've been doing regular theater there and full seasons. We've developed a very large children's program, which Mm, I noticed there's just, Tons of stuff that the kids do, and we have some wonderful people running it. Um, and we have other groups that come in, like Ball in the House comes in at least once, if not twice a year. Uh, they're an a cappella group that are that travel all over the world, and and uh, they love coming up to New Hampshire because they're originally from Boston. Oh, so they can drive home at night. Says this is the only place we can perform where we can drive home at night. <laughs> Um, and a variety of other groups that come in and use it. And it, 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 it's a very tight schedule when, when we don't have COVID around. Right? There is so much stuff that goes on over there. that uh, And people in Rollinsford love it. I mean, it adds an element to Rollinsford that, number one, is very visible because it's on a main road. And number two, Rollinsford's a small town, and there's not a lot to do in Rollinsford uh, unless you want to come see a show at the Garrison Players. So. Yeah. So our community support has been extremely good. Yeah, it's really a quaint place. I saw one show there. Tracy Kosker was in it. Oh, yeah. The automotive, I forget, the dealership or something. Betty's new car. Yes. Betty's new car. Yeah. That was was cute. She did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I love the theater. It's really nice. I love all those quaint buildings like that. Anyway, so. Where does the name come from? Garrison Players. Well, Dover's known as the Garrison City. Back when it was first founded, there were. Uh, nine garrisons around Dover. Oh. And when, when the Indians would come down and uh, attack Dover, and they've done did that a number of times and carry people off to Canada, they built these garrisons, and they would people would gather in the garrisons for protection. They were like little forts, and we actually have one of the original garrisons that's still here at the museum at the Woodland Museum. The whole garrison was moved to the museum, so it's still there. So we were known as we are known as the Garrison City. And we just they just thought when they formed the group that that would be a good name for the group. And it stuck. So you how did um, obviously like a lot of groups, I'm sure COVID just stopped you in your tracks. Yeah. Yes. What happened there for you? We we were really fortunate. One of the reasons we're fortunate is because we're an all volunteer organization. We don't have anyone to pay. So we pay our teachers for the children. But that's about it. But and it's and it's based on the income from the shows and so on. So that was a real blessing for us. We didn't have to pay an executive director or anything else. We pay our heat and electricity and so on. And our youth theater was able to do a a performance or two outside. As a matter of fact, we are now building an outside stage so that they can perform. We bought a, um, a sound better sound system so we can have sound out there that you can actually hear them rather than <laughs> guess what they're saying. Yeah. And uh, so that's going to be very helpful. And, and we'll have that done at the mid April, that'll be done. And then we can start using it. 
And we're hoping to open in May with arsenic and old lace inside to about 40, 48 people. That would be but the adult show. That's the adult, that's the adult, the adult show. show. Right. And the, and the other thing is we also were very fortunate. Um, Joni DeVries, who I mentioned before, she gave us um, from her when she passed away, her estate gave us um, a small donation, which was very helpful and then another of our longtime members who had passed away a couple of years ago, her son was closing everything out and uh, said, mom always wanted to donate to the garrison players. And we got a $25,000 behest from that, from wow. her estate. And then, of course, the government came in with a check. Which yeah, was a $25, really? Yeah. Cares, yeah. Cares amount. So we, we managed to stay afloat and we managed to be able to keep everything functioning we actually did pretty well last year when you balance the books out we did pretty well <laughs> you're one the of the few groups then <laughs> yeah and the, and the government didn't take any money back so it was, yeah. yeah that's rare yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I i'm sorry but i didn't i didn't actually ask what your positions are there at the beginning so <laughs> as far as anybody knows you're just two people who happen to wander into the zoom that's it well we're I'm the recording secretary. Tom's the building Manager. director. Okay. And we have we've been really really fortunate. We went through a rough patch a couple of years ago. We had um, some issues that happened. The board was diminishing. At one point, we had I think six three. members left out of a fifteen-member board. Wow. So it was it was really tough. And sadly enough, Tom and I were not on the board then. We had. We'd stepped away for active um, other than helping out, but for active participation because we've been on so long. <laughs> you have to eventually since the seventies. You have to have new people and new blood and whatever to keep things going. And we got a call from the treasurer at that time and from Tracy, as a matter of fact, asking if we could meet with them to discuss what was happening. And over that period, we had lost about thirty thousand dollars. Um, so it was really kind of dire. We still had a mortgage and it was a balloon mortgage. And we were meeting, I believe, in March or something. And the mortgage was due in June mm-hmm. and we just didn't have the money to pay it. So we got Greg, who was our treasurer. He negotiated with the bank to re- renegotiate the loan, which was great. Uh, we got a meeting of the organization and said, look, guys, we want to get this back on its feet, right the ship. We had people pledge money to us to get things going. Mm. And now our mortgage is roughly $20,000. So it's, it's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, we've got a very strong board. We um, recently, uh, Kevin Collins, who just retired as the principal of St. Thomas Aquinas, came on board with us. He's been wonderful. He's our production director. He has a uh, master's degree in, in, in theater or in acting. So he's a very he's, good friend. So of he's mine. perfect. He's a friend of mine. I've known him since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And Megan yeah. Davenport Harris, who's she's like a walking encyclopedia of theater and uh, and and just a ball of fire. And she's our president. And Her father was the professor of theater at UNH. Jeez, Gil uh, Davenport. So it's in her blood. Too. Yeah, nice pedigree. Yeah, and we've got you know just really really wonderful people on the board. Um, that, that have done a great job. It's a very cohesive board. Uh, Denise, I think you've spoken to Denise, mm-hmm. who does our 
marketing and, and publicity has been fantastic. And everybody that's there is, has just really pulled together. Yeah. So it's been a, a real pleasure to, and we came back. That's when we kind of came back on, on the board. So the, the problem with, with the group, I think with many groups like ours, uh, people who are on the board all want to be on stage too. And I've always said the board's function is not to be in shows. <laughs> the board's function is to run the business. Mm-hmm. And before we had a, a theater, it didn't really matter because we didn't have anything to, we didn't have any taxes and we didn't have any of that. But now that we have a theater that's, that's quite valuable, uh, it has to be maintained and it has to be economically healthy. So the people on the board now are much more inclined to be associated with running the business of the organization rather than just being in shows. But there's still that pull. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet. Yeah. I want to be in that show. (laughs) Speaking of your shows, how are they selected? Do you have a committee that reads? I mean, what, what goes on there? We we have a committee that is a play reading committee and uh, they read all kinds of shows and, and, make recommendations and so forth. But the board actually chooses the shows um, to keep it, I think, to keep it sort of under control. We we consider ourselves family theater. And some people want to do some real experimental stuff. And and that's fine. But we still want to keep in mind that the people who come to see our shows are families. And a lot of older people come see our shows because when they were younger, that's what people did. If you wanted entertainment, you'd go out to a theater somewhere and see a live show. Right. Younger people aren't quite like that anymore. You know? yeah. But there's still enough of them. So we get a lot of young people that do come in. And then Kevin sort of controls all of that. He's the one who brings the shows to the board and, and the board. So the board can read the plays and, or and we're familiar with a lot of them anyway, you know, after yeah. all these years, we, yeah. we know a lot of these shows. And, well, that was the other great thing that he did uh, because he wanted to keep people active in theater mm-hmm. while COVID was shutting everything down. Yeah. So he started a reader's theater. And so we have had three different performances where people are on screen mm-hmm. and being live streamed and you can sign in and attend the shows. And we ask if you choose, would you make a donation? But there's no cost to sign in. And we he's got these three different sets have gone up so far that have just been very well received. Um, the last one was, uh, I think, Romance Tonight or something. It was sold out, right? Or it was yeah, yeah, it was sold, it was out. sold out. It was wonderful because I tried. We were in Aruba at the time, and we were trying to watch it live stream, and and we signed in, and they were. Oh, I said, "Why can't we get in?" And it, <laughs> oops, you're all sold out. Yeah, good problem. So it was to have. Great. So it was. And Barbara it, and I did a. The Abbott and Costello routine of who's on first. I was wondering who did that because I saw it real quick on YouTube. I, it flashed by the poster and I thought. We had more fun with that. <laughs> yeah, that was. And it's amazing how nerve wracking it is. I mean, I haven't done theater for a long time and I've never been super great at it. But it, it, even just reading is the script. You know, you're trying not to read, read. And it's kind of scary in a way, but it was it was fun. But so the, the, the program was well received. Yeah. We've, we've developed a whole new sphere of, of uh, clientele we, yeah. one of the one of the girls in the last show was from england what? was she from canada yeah she's yeah. from canada she's from canada 
and she did her part from her house in front of her her Zoom thing. Yeah, that's amazing to me when you think about it, right? Technology can let you do it. That's crazy. Yeah, so did, is, did Kevin invent, I mean, not invent, but is that his idea, the reading? Yeah. That was his idea. Yeah. He's brilliant. He heard I love him. Of, yeah, he'd heard about some company doing it and then checked it out and found out how to do it. And he's put it all together. And it and it's just been wonderful because it keeps people it's brought some people that have done shows with us over the years back to the group. Yeah. Um, and it's brought in. A and lot that of was one people. of the main things we were doing was trying to tell people out there that we're still here. Yeah. We're yeah. still here. We're doing stuff. You know, don't, don't forget us when the, when the COVID scare is over with, come see a show at Garrison players. Yeah. yeah. I saw this the Christmas the kind one. of quality. The Christmas reading was beautiful. It, some yeah. of those stories I had never heard before, and it was just yeah. wonderful to sit and listen to them. It was great. And the readers were perfect. They were just yeah. great, wonderful to listen to. Yeah. Oh, I know. And Mark Miller's uh, <laughs> uh, rendition of the... of the, the Oh, the little boy? The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had never heard that before, and I just laughed and laughed and laughed. I was in stitches. Oh, man. That was funny. <laughs> That was that funny. Was a good one. <laughs> so you're going to be doing arsenic and old lace, trying to dip your toe back into this post-COVID era. Right. What else is slated? You have things that are slated for later after that? Yeah, the, uh, the children's theater is starting up, I believe, end of May, beginning of June, somewhere in that range. It's an eight-week series, as long as we get enough kids. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think, mostly going to be done on the outdoor stage. And it's it's meant to be and i've kind of been trying to wrap my head around this one it's meant to be kind of a combination with young kids and adults not doing the same thing at the same time but the young kids would start say monday they'd have their show all they'd be working on the show for the week at the end of the week they do their performance for folks and the adults in the meantime would be doing kind of an adult version of the show and they would do the performance afterward like the later same the show the same, same show, show. well i'm not sure it's the same show but it's uh same version of uh, it. same version of it just a, an adult version yeah. of it yeah that's interesting so yeah and that's an eight-week program uh and then typically we don't we would normally end our our plays um in may sometime early june and then in the summer it's mostly so we have a summer camp program for young kids so they would come for the summer. They would um, put on the, the do their classes and put on a play at the end, and then we open up again in the fall. So we're hopeful that come next fall we won't be dealing with this COVID crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So adult wise, what's slated after arsenic? Do you have something chosen, or are you just gonna kind of hope that? They, well, they have some. some uh, ideas, and I, I'm not sure what they are right now because I'm not involved with the play reading committee. But the idea is to do the first show to see how we can do it, yeah, or whether we can do it. When we don't even know that yet, but it's right. we're scheduling it. And uh, if if it can be done safely and we can meet the protocols, which I think we can, mm-hmm. um, we have to have much smaller audience than than we're used to. We can. We can hold, we're, we're licensed for 100 people in that auditorium, but that was before we built the thrust on the stage oh. because the stage was just too small. So we built a thrust and that we lost probably 20 seats because of that. Yeah. 
so we can we can safely fit 80 in there but i think under the the uh, protocol we can only have half of that uh for an audience so we'd have about 40 people and we can make it work for that you know 40 people would be fine yeah is it profitable Um, at 40 um i think it would be if we we would tend to do it normally we would do it three two or three weekends and we would do friday saturday and a sunday matinee on the first two weekends friday saturday on the third weekend we could even extend it if need be if we're getting enough interest because cutting back with our audiences half of an audience we might want to extend into a fourth weekend but that's still to be determined because people are still nervous about going out and uh, it's going to take a while, I think, for people to get used to coming to live theater yeah, again. But I'm I thinking agree. now, now that yeah. they've shrunk the distance from six feet to four, just three feet, mm-hmm. we possibly could fit more people in safely. Mm-hmm. And personally, I'm old enough to be worried about it, but I'm of the ilk. You got to get out there and live your life. You can't just sit yeah. in your house and wear a mask all the time and not do anything. And yeah, I'm with you there. Are you? Is the group? Um, make basically uh, straight plays or do you do musicals? I can't imagine the acoustics would be. Oh, the acoustics are beautiful. They're, in, oh, they are. In that auditorium. Oh, they're wonderful. Beautiful. Wonderful. Uh, we do some small musicals now. We used to do big, big musicals. Yeah, I remember you said Oklahoma and Cam- Camelot and yeah. Fiddler. Uh, we, did, we did Anything Goes once. What? In there? No, no. Oh, this okay. was at the high, high school. school. <laughs> okay. But at one point, we had 40 tap dancers on stage. <laughs> so we're used to doing big shows, but we just, you got to be practical about it. I mean, right. You, there are a lot of wonderful small musicals out there yeah. that people enjoy. They just don't know them as well as the big ones, but they were made into movies and were on Broadway and all of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and we, comedy is our thing. I mean, we like to do comedy a lot. Farces. Well, people will come to that. Uh, we right. Find Charlie Brown. If you get too serious, yeah. you get some serious playgoers who will come. Yeah. The average person goes, ah, it's a little heavy. I think I'll stay home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and their little shows like uh, you could do, they're playing our song. We did that years ago and that went over well. And it's only a three person cast, I think. So with a couple well, of it's two, per- Yeah. With the doo Yeah. So, but. There's a lot of theater yeah, out there the, to be done. I know. The other thing is, much as we love musicals, they're very expensive to mount because depending on what you need for music, we've got a clavinova that if somebody really knew how to do it, we wouldn't need anybody but the person playing the clavinova because it does all kinds of voices. But typically we would have that and we would have drums and we would have some bass or something like that. And musicians don't work for nothing. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Okay, yeah. And you got to pay royalties. The royalties, royalties and royalties are much higher. Yeah. 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 Straight plays, comedies, murder mysteries, that sort of thing. Yeah. More of our of our ilk, I guess. Yeah. So does the group have like a five year plan? Where does it see itself? Are you the, are they wanting to expand or you're just gonna leave the you like it like it is and, you know, keep it that way. What's, what's down the road? The, the, the chances of the town letting us expand is pretty remote. Even with the two acres? Uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, we're in an agricultural zone and our neighbors don't want to see a big, great, big building there with, and I understand that. It's, it serves our needs very well, whether it does in the long term or not. 
I don't know. Uh, I could, I would love to expand because I do a lot of the set work. I'd love to have an outbuilding where we could just store materials for yeah. building sets and not have to jam everything in the basement, which we do now. Yeah. Um, but right now I don't think the town would be agreeable to letting us do that because we'd have to get a variance. And uh, we had, they were cooperative when we did it the first time I went to the, the hearing for the variance, uh, but there were some concerns and we, they put some restrictions on us of what we can do and what we can't do. Hmm. For instance, we can't, we can't pave our, our, our parking lot oh, be, because they, because of the runoff of the water will create issues. Jeez. And we can't be a, a, a facility like for weddings or things like that. We can't be a function. Really? Hall. It can't be really? a function hall. No, I mean, it's a perfect which place. Is, which it was when it was a Grange. Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> odd is that? Yeah. They didn't want us to be a restaurant or something. They wanted us to just stick with what we may, with new people down at City Hall, we may be able to approach them and see. But I think we would have had more luck with the old timers than we do with the new timers, but you never know. Well, the old timers are easier to bribe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think also, for as size-wise, as far as the theater goes, I think it's good, in a sense, to have a very strong, A, number one, a strong board. You have to have a strong board because you have to have people who are really dedicated to keeping everything functioning, particularly with all volunteers. And we have to have a manageable program so that we don't get in over our heads and we don't take on more than we can actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. And God willing, we make money every time we do something. Um, Not that we're going to make a lot of money sometimes, but we don't want to go into debt over doing shows that, that gee, they're great to do, but nobody's coming to see them. And now we're in two, three, $4,000 and we don't have anything to cover that. Right. I forgot my train of thought there. Um, Oh, so you have a cast already for Arsenic, right? Did I see that? It's already chosen. So when would be auditions for the next show or how do people find out about auditions? A lot of it's online on our website. um, When you can go to see which www.garrisonplayers.org. So you can go right there and you can see events, you can see shows, you can see tickets, et cetera. And tryouts. And tryouts. And we, I don't know if we advertise in the papers because I think. Well, we, it, it depends on the show. Some yeah. of the shows we advertise in the paper, but most, most people are on the internet somewhere. So yeah, there Facebook are a number, find you, right? number of different yeah. platforms. Yeah. Denise sends out these e-blasts and things and she's, she knows all that techie stuff. And so. <laughs> it used to be when we first joined, everything was in the newspaper. Yeah. Right. That was it. Well, we put posters around for tryouts yeah. and. I remember those days. Yeah. (laughs) I hated that. I had to go, can I put this poster in your window? (laughs) I always hated that too. Oh man. That's terrible. Yeah. But it worked in its day. It worked. I mean, yeah. yeah. It was the only way. I mean, yeah, yeah. there was no other way. Restaurants and stuff were where people were going. And so you got to go where they are. Exactly. Exactly. And then people who are very involved with garrison players, they're around enough that they know when the tryouts are up and quite often directors will call specific people that they have in mind and say, we're going to have a tryout for this show. Can you come in? And, and, yeah. and everybody has to try out. Mm-hmm. Nobody's guaranteed, uh, uh, guaranteed a, a, a role. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to be on stage, 
we'll find a place to put you. That's mm. our theory on on uh, community theater. Yeah, and we've had community. lots of people. We've had lots of people who have never acted before or never sung before who would come over and this is this is where I come in. They come over and help me work on, on a set, and then I'd talk them into just sort of standing on stage during the show and singing along with somebody else in the chorus. Yeah. And they get hooked. Yeah, of course. And you can't get you can't get rid of them after that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I meant to say oh good, good, good. I was just gonna say we have an annual meeting and typically that's the end of May, beginning of June, because our fiscal year ends May 31st. So we have an annual meeting, and at that meeting, we always have presented a, a, a play program for the next season. So we, that's when we reveal what plays we're thinking of doing. And at that time, anybody that's there obviously is notified. Tryouts for these are going to be, sometimes they do a block of tryouts in the summer, mm-hmm. so they can get people already scheduled before it gets too late. But at least the group of people that's there uh, gets that notification of what the new plays are going to be. So that's another way to. Will you be doing that this year as well? We're planning an, a yeah. meeting and whether it's going to be virtual or whether it's going to be in person, I'm hoping we're having good weather and COVID is gone off the planet yeah. somewhere yeah. and uh, we can get people over there. Well, I would love to talk with you again after that's been revealed and we can talk about the slate of shows that are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do your directors come from? All over the place. Around. Okay. <laughs> Uh, people that just want to direct. Uh, Jim Mastro's done several d- shows with us where he's directed. And I've um, directed. I did Our Town. Um, and it was my uh, just. And well, my, my daughter is a is a film editor in New, in New York. She's a music yeah. uh, editor. editor. And she had a friend of hers who was a sound editor. So for Our Town, I sent her a list of all the sounds I needed. Nice. And he did it all professionally. Oh man, good to have friends. Sent it back to me, so I had this wonderful sound system, and and uh, 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 but there's a lot of people who are, have been in theater a lot of years, who have a lot of experience, who get to the point where they really want to try directing. And Priscilla Barton has directed 1776 twice. We've well, three twice, times. Three right. times in the Grange. Uh, once in yep. the high school, I think we did it. First one was in the high and school. And then two in the Grange. Oh, my God. I did God. Ben yeah. Franklin in it. Yeah. Good for you. I, wow. I don't need makeup anymore. I, just, we, I am what I am. If we hadn't had COVID, we were planning to do it. We were really hoping to do it this past September. So we may do it again next year. Next, But it, it's, a, it's the show we opened up with at the theater. Wow. And that was our first production in, yeah. the, in the theater. And it was wonderful. And people just loved it. And that would be something we'd love to do. Some of us would love to do again. Some people are going, I don't want to do It's a huge male cast. It's like 24 guys, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. And that was, that was the whole thing. We had to sort of notify people now that we're doing it in September. So get make sure we can cast it. Yeah. Because that's a tough thing. But those of us who did the lead roles are all ready to go again. <laughs> Don <Bryant>. Brian <laughs> did John Adams. Yeah. Oh, man. And Mike, uh, Mike Pomp was in uh, it. He did lead. He was, uh, yeah, lead from Virginia. Yeah. And Kevin yeah, was Kevin was Han- played Hancock. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kevin might direct a play or two. We've had Jean Prue directed a play. She was uh, worked at uh, Portsmouth High School as in the theater department over there, and she's very. And we get people that just like Carol McDonald, who's doing Arsenic. 
she just happened to be someone that was connected with us that wanted to direct and she's directed a couple of light lightweight things and she wanted to try this one and so there she is well kevin we were actually in rehearsal before the COVID hit they were in rehearsal for arsenic and old lace Uh. and so they have waited a year basically wow we had all cast and 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 pretty well rehearsed to actually do the show and we still don't know if it's going to did you lose anybody able to did does all that cash still coming back for the show? Yeah, they're all coming oh, back. Yeah. Oh, so they good. should know their lines by now because they've been years <laughs> to memorize. <laughs> you would hope. Yeah. yeah, I know Kevin directed all the shows at St. Was yeah. it St. Thomas? St. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. of them. He and some of them, yeah. most of me wrote or something, didn't he? Or I think yes, so. He, yeah. Yes, he did. And Kate, his wife, she's she wonderful musician. Shows and so I mean, it's great to have him on board. I mean, I hope he stays forever. Well, he came on the board with with one request. He said, I don't want to just be on the board. I want to do stuff. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Nobody ever says that. (laughs) But but he did. And he's been he's been nonstop ever since. That play reading is just brilliant. You know, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And for people who don't know, that's all posted on YouTube, right? They can go out to YouTube and and watch those. Yeah. So you can sit and well, we've got to watch the romance one because we haven't had a chance to do it since we got back home. But yeah, I, I definitely want to see that one. Nice. Interestingly enough, too, one of the, the get Canadian gal, I now get her emails saying she runs a little theater group up there and they just did a show this past week. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I think it's also uh, you can still it's it's recorded, I guess. So you can still see it. But it's it'd be it's interesting having that connection with them now. Yeah. And, so it's amazing. And who knows where it's going from here? I mean, it's right. It's opened up a whole new genre of, of performance, This the, the Internet. And this was our first attempt at it. Yeah. And it was successful. And I suspect that in the future, we'll see a lot more of that along with our regular shows. Yeah. Because not everybody gets cast in a show anymore because right. it's a small stage. Right. But if there's other opportunities within the organization to perform... You're going to, it's going to work. It just yeah. is plain going to work. So. And with the internet, you can reach people that you wouldn't normally reach. There's people right. who can't get to the theater physically. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. would be thrilled to see a lot of what's right. going on. So, well, that's nice. To, speaking of physically and whatever, we have a, uh, our elevator, handicap elevator, so people can get up to the theater floor, which is on the second floor. And that's been a godsend. That we got a grant for that uh, as well. Um, An elevator grant. Yeah. So it was, you know, we, we've, I, I think we've really maximized what, what we can do in the theater in terms of space and ability. And um, it, it's, it's a great place. It's a, it's a, and I think for the most part, I mean, there are some times when it hasn't perhaps been as welcoming as it should be. But I think it's always been a very welcoming organization because we, we are not the rep, the Portsmouth rep. We're not people who are getting paid to do shows. Um, we just feel that we want to bring people together and do the best shows we can possibly do. And we have some really great people that act and put on some really good performances. Yeah. We've done our share of duds. <laughs> I mean, every theater does. None that I've been in, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to touch on about the players that we haven't? Mainly, we just want to get back to normal. We want to get back to having our regular season and get people in there and 
just keep keep the organization on a good solid financial footing so we are not always desperate for funds we want to be able to we have to do some kind of fundraising or grant writing or whatever to complete that that fire suppression system which is our biggest concern mm. because at one point the fire department in town could just shut us down mm. and that would be tragic yeah it'd be nice to retire that mortgage too yeah and that's a big thing where we're, I, I, I thought we could, well, one of the things we decided to do before COVID was to take a, a portion of each show's money that comes in, the receipts, and apply that to the mortgage. And with that, we could probably retire it in two years. Ooh. So so that would be great because yeah. we didn't have that. So we're still working on that. Yeah. And since we're a nonprofit, we don't have to pay taxes. So that's good unless people forget to file the forms, which has happened a couple of times. Mm. Cost us $11,000 last year. So that was not fun. Oh, that is a lesson. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So we are adamant about getting our forms, all our forms we have to file. Barbara's adamant. Well, she keeps nagging everybody because well, Megan, we've been through this. Megan's adamant. When we got, when we first started working on the theater and we were, writing for grants and things, we discovered that the the board had, somebody on the board had failed to file with the secretary of state. Every year you have to file. Oh. So they had taken away our, our no, not our nonprofit, our but our corporation. our corporation, because we're a corporation. So when we went to apply for things, we found out we don't exist anymore. So I had to go through the whole process of doing it all over again which I did. And fortunately it didn't affect our tax status at all, but it's that kind of stuff that we worry about because that has nothing to do with theater being on stage. It has to do with running the organization in a, in a business-like way. And uh, I think we, we, we now have listings of all the things that have to be done and who's supposed to do them. And we're developing these manuals for all the different parts of the organization saying I'm developing a a manual for the building that these are the, these are the people that we have to call if we have a furnace problem or Mm. these are the times we change the filters and blah, 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 all that stuff. All the stuff that people don't even know happens there, you know? Right. And they, and they expect, well, everything's running fine. I don't have to worry. Yeah, Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, you do. So, yeah. (laughs) But I think one of the things that people love about the theater is its location because it's literally in the middle of a huge field. Yeah, I was very surprised. And it, it people come out there and it's so peaceful, especially in, in the, when you go out there in the summer. Sunsets. When we were working on the building, Barbara and I were out there almost every night of the week working on stuff. And we would get a, a sandwich down, down the roadways and sit on the little back porch and watch the sunset. And it was the most peaceful thing. And it would be, there would be a farmer out in the field cutting the hay and that sort of thing. And that was going on when we first first did a show in there. The first performance in there was a, a benefit kind of a thing for everybody who had worked on the building, all the contractors. And, and we invited them all over to the theater. And we put on a show that just involved putting together musical numbers from the shows we've done in the past. Nice. In the first show, the first number we did was Oklahoma. And, and of course, it's got that big splashy ending. And when it was over with and the farmer was still out there haying and oh my God. The bailing hay and stuff. And I started crying because <laughs> <laughs> of 
of all the years we'd put into it, and, and I couldn't believe that all of a sudden we were standing on the stage performing. And, uh, and, and I think that feeling is sort of still there, still has a Grange feeling to it. People, people getting together and doing fun stuff. Yeah, I actually thought I was lost when I first went. I'm like, you can't be out here. <laughs> Where in the world would it be out here? But it's pretty noticeable. It's up on a hill, and there yeah. it is. Right by the blinking yellow light. <laughs> Did you get into the building at all? Yeah, I saw oh, it. you saw the show there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the one with Tracy. Yeah, yeah, the car. Yeah. The new car. Whatever. And I, I just want to shout out to uh, Tim. Tim was in it. He's... Yeah, Tim Young. Yeah, he's blind, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That, I, I couldn't believe he... he navigated that stage so easily yeah, yeah. watching that show that's that's incredible yeah he's, he's something he well he was a professional actor oh when he went blind and he's totally blind and on he stage. came to us he's on yeah. stage yeah yeah he came to us when we did the monkey trial what's the monkey trial show inherit the uh, wind yeah yeah, yeah. Inherit, inherit the wind, the wind. And he came to us and he gave us his background and all. He said, I'm good at memorizing lines because when I go to tryouts, I memorize lines before I get to tryouts because I can't see the page. And <laughs> But he hadn't acted in since he had gone blind and it was a bunch of years. And it was quite overwhelming for all of us in the show to see him do that and develop that bond with him. And he came up to me afterwards and said, you guys have changed my life. And I get weepy just thinking about it. Yeah. And he's been a tremendous asset. And having the experience that he does have, he he can, he can passes that on to people. Uh, so people appreciate what he does. He has a gentle spirit about him. Oh, oh he's, yeah. he's just a lovely person. Yeah. yeah. I met him. I did um, The Man Who Came to Dinner down oh. at the, in Manchester. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He came to see the show. It was just wonderful to talk to him. Yeah, he is. Just a beautiful. I think the story. last one he did there was Twelve Angry Men. It was oh, no, he, he's done more than that. No, I know he's done more, but I thought that was the last show he did with us. We haven't done any shows since last year. Twelve Angry Men was several years ago. Was it really? Yes. Oh, well. Boy, time flies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure does. <laughs> Can't remember well, what I had for breakfast. So. I was juror number nine in yeah. that one. I think. Well, I want to thank you for this. I really do appreciate you offering up the time here to chat. Um, What's well, our pleasure? Yeah. Well, we man, I chatted too much. Just... No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it. It. I love discovering what's going on out there, and you know, all these beautiful little theaters, like and you, the Grange Hall. You know, just there's something yeah. so New Englandy about it. I just love it. I just love yeah. it. And so, Tom and Barbara. What's your last name? Dunnington. 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 Okay. Well, okay. thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. I hope I get to meet you. Um, yeah. Yeah, do come over. Come, I mean, come over to your show. And we're, we're in all of them, so. All right. And there you have it. Another great one in the tank. That one's going off to the memorial. Have a great day.